While the nation argues about racial discrimination, another group continues to suffer the slings and arrows of unequal treatment, namely pregnant women in the military. A House-passed bill would require all organizations to make better accommodations for pregnancy. Heather White is a partner at the law firm Federal Practice Group. She joined Tom Temin to walk us through the bill. It's actually an excellent development, which would allow pregnant workers to finally simply request accommodations because they need them as a pregnant person, rather than having to establish some kind of disability status, which they previously had to do to be entitled to any kind of help from an employer. And this would apply to federal agencies and the private sector, correct? That's correct. In the federal sector, of course, it's particularly helpful because the federal government has made a long-term commitment to being very organized and generous when it comes to reasonable accommodations for disabilities. And this finally will allow women who are pregnant access to those same benefits. And what are some of those that they lack? Actually, it can vary from person to person what may be needed, but it can be as simple as you know, the employee needing to be able to carry a water bottle or being able to be seated or being able to take breaks during the day just to comply with their doctor's advice about how to make sure that their pregnancy proceeds safely. And up till now, there really hasn't been any legal channel for employees who don't have some kind of diagnosed medical condition, but who just for the sake of a safe pregnancy would benefit from these flexibilities in the workplace to be able to simply say to their boss, you know, I need this, can I just have this because I need it. Up to now, employers have been able to say no because there was no legal entitlement for even these minor changes, which you wouldn't think would be an issue, and yet they often have been for women. Sure. I guess it may not be considered a medical condition, but I don't know too many men that would trade places (laughs) with women that are pregnant. So let me it's ask you. It's so th- physically difficult, truly, <laughs> and it's such an important thing if you think about it for the species overall. And yet, pregnancy has not been classified as a disability, which is an important way. You know, it, that, that's correct. I mean, it's not a disability, but it is a, certainly a unique medical situation. <laughs> and unfortunately, there haven't been adequate protections in the law. And if the Senate was to pass this and the president was to sign it, um, this would certainly expand the universe of protections for pregnant women, which you would think everyone would agree was a good thing. In your understanding or your knowledge and experience in this issue, how does it vary across federal agencies? That is to say, you would expect maybe a medically oriented agency like NIH, for example. Would it be more accommodating than the Defense Department, for example? Well, interestingly, a lot can depend on the physical requirements of each position. Obviously, for law enforcement officers, this has come up um, because there are actual physical fitness standards for those positions. And um, unfortunately, there is so much variance across agencies where it really can come down to your relationship with your supervisor. And if they are a reasonably evolved person who understands that this is a temporary important situation, which requires a bit of flexibility on their part, or if it unfortunately becomes you know, a basis for forcing women out of the workplace, often perhaps due to outmoded stereotypes about whether mothers should even be working, which unfortunately a lot of women do run into during pregnancy. Got it. And have you had cases like that? Um, It is fairly shocking in this day and age, but the employees that we represent in EEO complaints and sometimes in civil service due process cases will bring us really horrible anecdotes about how they have been assigned away from duties which their supervisors decided were not suitable for pregnant women um, or how they have been denied minor changes to their workplace, like being allowed to use, you know, for example, carts to move heavy files to and from a courtroom where before they would have been required to haul them physically. And of course, at a certain point, it's not a good idea when you're pregnant to be carrying heavy weights. And you would think that was such a minor change. And yet, unfortunately, we see this every day. Um, Also, of course, telework, 
in situations where bed rest may be necessary has unfortunately been a huge bone of contention, although every government policy is officially in favor of telework, and yet on an individual basis, women negotiating with their supervisors will often find that um, the supervisor is just resistant, even when, you know, their doctor has clearly stated that they need to be home, um, you know, and resting in order to ensure a safe pregnancy. And of course, these days with COVID, there's really no excuse for that because we've discovered that, you know, most jobs in the federal government can, in fact, be done remotely. So this is going to be interesting when we do have a sort of larger return to the workplace to see if uh, agencies have realized that they really don't have a, a good leg to stand on in most telework situations. We're speaking with Heather White. She's a partner at the law firm Federal Practice Group. And what other provisions in the law should we know about? Basically, it requires agencies to make accommodation. Anything else that's important in there? Well, it also bars um, agencies and employers generally from discriminating against women. And I think it's important to note that it's not merely during pregnancy, but also it applies to any medical symptoms which may arise um, related to pregnancy. Um, So also after birth, there's often a need for employers to allow mothers returning to the workplace to have a safe and clean place to lactate. And this, uh, again, this has actually been in the law in multiple forms for years. However, we still find that we do have uh, clients come in who are not able to find a safe and private place in their office to express breast milk for their babies. And of course, you know, everybody's decision is different about when, you know, they think it's appropriate to do that or not to do that. But for mothers who want to do it, it's very important that employers comply with the law and provide them with a safe, clean, private place to do it. And we hear horror stories about mothers who are required to, you know, go in a broom closet, you know, several times a day to use their breast pumps or who are told, oh, well, you don't have an office with a door, but you can use the conference room and just put a sign on it and hope no one walks in on you. And obviously this is unacceptable, but this too can you know, be a huge way that mothers are at a disadvantage and sort of put in this position of being seen as unreasonable when they ask for the basics of what they are entitled to under the law. And what about temporary job transfers? For example, if you're a fighter pilot in the Air Force, well, you probably can't get into the seat if you're you know, six, seven, eight months along the way there. Is that something you have seen that needs to be addressed, the idea of doing something else temporarily and then going back without losing seniority or something or losing the ability to use a special skill you might have had before the pregnancy? Certainly. Um, Where agencies offer light duty in any disability situation, that should be available as an accommodation for women who are pregnant. Um, However, um, you know, there are limits to the law. Um, It it is true that it is applicable only to civilians in the federal government as well as to civilians in the private sector and employed by state and local governments. So this particular statute would not be applicable to members of the military. However, um, yes, in the military um, as well as in um, other jobs in the federal government, which have physical fitness requirements, there is a recognition that, um, you know, the physical fitness standards obviously can't be fairly applied to, you know, women who are in, you know, their second or third trimester and are just, you know, limited in their ability to like run a five minute mile, or as you say, to fit into, you know, the tight confines of a plane seat, let's say. So certainly um, there are ways that um, agencies can accommodate women either by, yes, allowing them to perform other duties as assigned, 
or to, as I said, transfer to light duty, which they would allow anyone who has some kind of medical restriction that is temporary while they're recovering from, say, an injury. You know, that is something that, that is generally applicable to people who have any kind of medical restriction temporarily. And women should, of course, then be allowed to return to full duty once the pregnancy is over and they are ready to do that. And that's always been a concern, you know, that you might lose your seat, and particularly in a job which is highly competitive and physically strenuous, you know, that if you make the, you know, perhaps career-ending mistake of actually, you know, deciding to have children and, and expand your family, that might actually come with cost to your career. And obviously that is unfair. And that is one way that the law aims to um, prevent that from happening to women. Heather White is a partner of the law firm Federal Practice Group. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive, and you can hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Looking for holiday gifts for less? Come to Ross and say yeah to making your dollar stretch on name brand toys, clothes, and gifts. Get the gift of savings this holiday from Ross. Yes for less. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 